Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, featuring 351 shows with a stable of former players and local media personalities. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me as always... What up, what up? It's me, it's me, it's Lukey C, a.k.a. Mr. Bad Beat in Week 10. Mm. What are we talking about today? Today, we have a little bit of a mixed bag today. We're going to do Week 10 recap. We're going to look ahead to Week 11 a a little bit. We're going to do a couple minutes on college football. Not a lot. This is really just more of a therapy session for me each week at this point. Luke's recap of the 84th Masters. A lot of golf this weekend. I know you watched it. We were watching it over your house on Saturday, so I'm looking forward to hearing all your takes on what you saw after I left on Saturday and then on Sunday. And then we're going to wrap up back to the NBA already. The draft is coming up, and there's uh, trade deadline, or excuse me, the trade windows are opening back up, and free agency is coming pretty soon too. So I know there's some rumors and things like that. So. We're going to talk some NBA as well. But before we get into that, the NFL and college football are in full swing. You might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. We are 11 13 and 2, a 1 and 4 week last week after that 3 and 0 week. Thank God Kyler Murray saved us with that Hail Mary to D Hop. To help us get... Never a doubt. Yeah. Boston College almost almost squeaked it out against Notre Dame. They weren't able to do it. And then obviously uh, the Tennessee pick that you made and the Browns Browns over was... (laughs) Oh, man. That was a nightmare. So what do you have this week for our listeners? Not many lines up yet because of, you know, various... COVID reasons and injuries. Maybe we don't know what's going on with some quarterbacks, but um, the first one that jumped out at me and I'm not taking it, but was Green Bay at plus two and a half. I feel like that's kind of a trap. So I'm not, yep. I'm not picking that. Yep. I, I need to, I need to look at that one a little bit longer, but um, give me the Bengals plus one at the, at the Reds at, uh, I'm sorry, Washington football team. I like that one. I saw that one. Both of those that you called out, I, I saw, I got three this week. I got two bonuses. I'm Ooh. back. I'm back to two trying bonuses. Trying to get us back in the game. I am. I am. I'm. I'm like you know the 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 betters that keep chasing bad luck <laughs> because they think they're eventually gonna win. One thing I will say is one of the lines is unofficial at this point, so it may change a little bit on BetOnline.ag. So everybody be on the lookout for that. But my my primary pick this week, I'm going Atlanta plus four and a half at New Orleans. The Drew Brees news came out. I would jump on that now. So this is going to come out Tuesday at noon. That line may even move from at the time of recording. 
I would jump on that. Jameis Winston is a turnover machine. So I think there's an opportunity for Atlanta to be able to slide within that, that plus four and a half range. Bonus pick number one, a team I really like. I've been catching a little bit of their games on Saturdays. Wake Forest. Wake Forest is kind of a surprise team this year. They're a surprise team of the ACC. They're putting up a lot of points. Good score. I like Wake Forest minus five at Duke. And then bonus pick number two, to me, this is probably a lock. There is weather expected in Cleveland again on Sunday. Rain, wind for the third game in a row. They are playing the Eagles. The Eagles are at the Browns. The The over-under is 48. I'm taking the under 48 in that game. So two bonus picks there for you, plus the Atlanta, plus four and a half. And then Luke's pick of the Bengals plus one at Washington. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts let's get in to week 10 quick note quick note before we move on you might yeah. as well just take the Bengals money line there. there's a little bit more value at plus 109 right now let's go money but line go ahead Bengals money line we're, we're, we're officially changing it we're going money line we're, we're, we're putting all the chips in the table so let's talk a little week 10 as always at the time of recording Monday night game has not been played yet, so we do not know what's happening with Chicago and Minnesota. I don't think that would impact much for us. So talk to me, best win. Who'd you like this week? Uh, quite, a, quite a few good, good games out there that were good team wins, good, uh, good wins in playoff races. And, you know, we got a lot of a lot, the, the AFC playoff race is thick, but I'm going yeah. with, uh, with an NFC team. I, I got to go with the Cardinals and the Hale Murray. Yeah. Um, just a just a fantastic game. I, we were, we were texting a little bit during the during the game there and back and forth. Uh, Josh Allen was absolutely nails in the fourth quarter. That touchdown pass to, to Stephon Diggs was an absolute freaking frozen rope dime. That was like a thirty three yard pass to the like to the a thirty three yard out. I mean that's I, there may only be two quarterbacks in 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 the NFL that can make that throw. Yeah, and. Uh, we know who the other one is, but um, yeah, that was just an awesome game. And then obviously, you have the Hail Mary with, with uh, I'm sorry, the Hail Murray with uh, Hopkins coming down with it in triple coverage. And Kyler Murray, the raw stats, 22 at 32, 245, a touchdown. He did have a pick, ran for another 61 and two touchdowns. You know, I think he's getting some talk on the, on the MVP. I, I'm still not there yet. With Premature. Him. I think he, I think he's a fantasy MVP for sure. You know, he's a guy like. Uh, you know, I, this stat was floating around pretty prominently today on Twitter that uh, he's ahead of what Lamar's pace was at this point last year. And Lamar was definitely a league winner for for fantasy teams. So I think he's in that category, but I don't think he's in that uh, that range of NFL MVP yet. Uh, but Hopkins, seven for 127 and a touchdown. And then just the, uh, you know, the advanced numbers for the, the quarterback were, were, not, were not great, but the, just the, out, the output, the, the game itself was just – fantastic just so much fun to watch and and not only that you know it moves Arizona into first place in that division yeah. with um 
with the Rams beating the Seahawks yesterday. So big, big, big time win in the desert for uh, Kyler, Cliff, and company. So that's my win, uh, best win of the week. I had, a, I had a feeling you were going to pick that one, and that's what I try to do every week now. I try to – well, you let me go first all the time. I don't have to. I don't have to critically think then. <laughs> right, and that, and I like it that way, right? So I try to anticipate what what you're gonna pick, so we at least talk about some different things. Sometimes it's so obvious, right? I think, like you said, there were some good games yesterday. The Rams win against the Seahawks. The Dolphins win against the Chargers. I think that was a big win for that team. They look Card- good. Cardinals. I'm gonna go with the Patriots winning last night on Sunday Night Football against. The Ravens twenty three seventeen, mostly because obviously it's a big. You hate win. the Ravens mostly because I, you hate no, the Ravens. No, no, no. I, I, I was burying the last couple of weeks. I've been doing this whole the Patriots dynasties over thing, and look, I'm I'm certainly not backtracking off of that. But I think the Patriots found something last night with Damian Harris with Burkhead. There in in having Cam be more of a game manager. Obviously, he has to because they don't have a lot of options for him to throw to. But well, Jacoby a, Myers has as many touchdown passes as him now, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was a bad weather game. The Patriots pulled out all the stops. Right? They did the Jacoby Myers pass. I think they understood that that was a game they needed to win. I think it was a statement win for for that team going forward. They held the Ravens to seven points in the second half. Now, I understand that that Ravens offense has been stagnant. They're not really throwing the ball very well, but they were really able to stop the run outside of Lamar, and Lamar was doing some sick stuff in the in the second half in the pocket. I mean, that guy's still, you know, it, it's, a, it's a debate whether who's faster, him or, or Kyler. I think Kyler's probably faster – straight line speed but like juking ability stop start is unreal it's it's and it's change of direction in the pocket too man it's Mm -hmm. like he man that dude some of the things that that he can do is scary and like i said damian harris rex burkhead they had 187 yards from scrimmage they had two touchdowns combined look they're obviously not going to do that every week but if they can do it's a very nice change of pace with them uh Burkhead is obviously catching the ball out of the backfield so I liked I just liked what I saw there you know Lamar was okay like I said he certainly did some things that made made me say wow but I'm we're getting to a point now where I'm getting concerned about that Baltimore passing game they're not finding Hollywood Brown I mean he's not getting deep balls that Andrews, now look, the weather was bad last night, and Andrews dropped a couple balls, but you can just tell the timing is thrown off completely on that offense. There was some noise last week when Lamar said that the defense was calling out the plays. He was basically calling out his offensive coordinator, saying the playbook wasn't very imaginative. I loved what Greg Roman said. He's like, bro. Ray Lewis and Ed Reed used to call out every every play all game long, which it's true. I mean, all defenses do that, especially the good ones, the Hall of Fame players. So I'm I'm concerned for that team moving forward because if they have to throw the football, 
I don't think they could beat the Browns if the Browns if the Browns got I out think, to a ten point lead on them. Yeah, uh, Lamar's record over the past two years is zero and six once he's down ten points. Um, so it's not it's not it's just not something that he's demonstrated that he's able to do. Um, not does it mean he can't? I don't know, but it it certainly doesn't bode well when every single time it's happened he's been unable to to get them out of it until so, you until you, it is alarming until you show that you can do something it means you can't do it <laughs> right that that's sort of the that's sort of the I mean, I, the approach fair. i take right so big win for the patriots i'm not ready to bang on baltimore that that's not what this is I, i'm just seeing some things that that worry me for that team long term and and not just long term for this season i mean long term long term so uh let's get into the worst loss not a lot of options this week i'm going to be interested to hear we may have picked the same one on this one who do you think was the worst loss this week i think there's probably only two that uh that i was looking at that that i thought uh you know and unless you you know the, the ravens is definitely one of those but i'm it's not I'm not going with them um i'm actually going to go with the tennessee titans there's a team that, uh, you know, I had, I had picked last week and, um, you know, they came out, went right down the field and scored. And that was basically it. They, they, they put up uh, 10 more points after that and they got absolutely blown out by Phillip Rivers at home. So Indy now has the tie break yep. in the division. So basing this again on some more, uh, some playoff stuff. And there are now six, six AFC teams sitting at six and three. And that drops Indy. They went from the three or four seed to the nine seed right now out of the playoffs. Now, granted, a lot of that's going to change because a lot of these teams play each other a couple yep. more times. And, and, you know, we're going to see a lot of movement there. But six, six, and three teams, and that drops them all the way out because they don't have a tiebreaker over any of those teams. So I just thought it was a pretty horrendous loss. The defense looks pretty bad. It looked lost. And I think – people were finally starting to see that that Tannehill's play he's still look he's good he, there's no doubt about it I think he is a good quarterback but he was not going to sustain that level of play I just don't think it was ever a sustainable thing that that he could continue to do and I mean you're starting to see it now so that was my worst loss and uh who did you have yeah I I think that's a good one. I thought about going that direction. The Tannehill thing is something that you've had your eye on really for a while now. So it's it's pretty You know what no, I've always I've always been fascinated with his with his career. Yes. And mainly because his days in in Miami were kind of so-so and to be honest with you, anytime that he was on a list ahead of <laughs> Our draft pick from that year, Brandon Whedon, I would get pissed off. You know, I was like, Whedon was just as good. Now, look, I'm clearly wrong. I was clearly wrong on that. Um, Whedon was not just as good as Ryan Tannehill. He was also 25 years older. But, um, you know, I, I do think Tannehill's good. And uh, for guy, especially for a guy that played wide receiver in, in college. So, But I've always just been fascinated by his career and and just, just following him. So I was – I'm not, I'm not going to say happy, but it was, it was just – it, we're starting to see him come back to earth. He's just not capable of continuing that level of play because he's just not in that class. I don't disagree. He he has talent, right? I mean, the tight yeah. end, the, the Smith kid at tight end, he's a talent. Obviously, he's got Davis, A.J. Brown. You know, he's got Derrick Henry. Henry. So, you know, and th that's a team, again, 
similar to the Ravens. When they can't run the football, they can't pass the ball either. And you're you're seeing it. And teams are, are keying on on Derrick Henry and they're forcing Tannehill. So so you made a good point. A lot of these teams that are bunched up at six and three, they're gonna play each other. Tennessee's got every opportunity to get back into it, but I think a lot of that's gonna depend on Ryan Tannehill showing teams that they can't stack the box and and, and focus on stopping the run. And frankly, I like Mike Vrabel. I think he's a good coach. I think a lot of this is on him, too. I think they need to become a little bit more creative. They're going to have to do some things from a coaching perspective to make some adjustments because it seems like the league's caught up to them a little bit. Arthur Smith kind of came out of nowhere last year with yeah. that offense. And, uh, you know, maybe he's just having a little bit of trouble adjusting, like you said, once once that tape gets out. Yeah, my my worst loss I feel like I do this every week, and I, I need to stop. But at this point, I, I feel like I'm justified in it. It's the Eagles, man. Losing the Giants. I, that just, was that was another one I had on my radar. You know, losing to the Giants. That's a team that's trying to lose. It's a team that's trying. I don't. I don't care about the Joe Judge's showing teams on Saturday or showing his team on Saturday night effort plays and trying to get his guys jacked up. I mean, that's that's a Belichickian. Are we are we totally sure they're trying to lose up there? They're right in the thick of it in the division. I, I think mean, they were. That and was a somehow. Yeah, I that mean, was a big game for them. You know, look. I, that that, that, the game, that was, the game was at no point close, and I, I I agree. It is it is a horrible horrible loss. It's a bad loss. I don't want to continue to bang on the Eagles every single week. I, I just don't, especially now that it could come back to bite me. This well, week. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping you get to bang on them one more week. <laughs> but this Doug Peterson situation and, and the two point tries, man, it's it. I talked about it a little bit either last week or the week before. It's becoming like concerning to me he goes for two when there's no reason to go for two Dan Orlovsky said it this morning on get up he's like he goes for two like he thinks if he gets a couple in a row they're going to be worth more points like it's it's unbelievable to me why he does that okay Miles Sanders is back Alshon Jeffrey was back yesterday uh Jalen Rager's been back for a couple weeks now there's there's really not a lot of excuses from an offensive standpoint. Their lines beat up a little bit. Okay, their lines beat up a lot, but that defense looked lost, man. They didn't even look like they were trying to tackle Danny Danny Wheels is what I call him now. He they make Dan, Danny Dimes look like Danny Wheels cuz he ran for 80 against them that's on not the Oh, that's right. That was. I was gonna say that's not the yes. first time you had a long one. That was, was like, against oh, them. That was against the Eagles on a Thursday night. <laughs> when the I mean, monster got it, bro. It's like on that touchdown run. I I text B. That was the first highlight of the day on Red Zone. I text B here and I yeah, said it, it. It looked like they weren't even. Tr it looked like the Eagles defenders were running away from him. It made no sense to me. The, and and I'm not even gonna get to the other guy because everybody in the world's banging on him now. So. I don't. I, my, my work's done there. Okay, I feel like I've been vindicated with the quarterback. Everybody else is doing my dirty work for me now, so I'm going to leave that one alone. Maybe guys like Peterson have kind of a shelf life, and the real brain behind the operation was Frank Reich. You know, I, and maybe it's just stagnant now. A lot of those guys are moving on. Like I, I can't remember the last time Alshon Jeffrey played a football game. I mean, I think he played the other day, but he played like 20 snaps. Yeah, he and he didn't um, make he didn't make an impact. You know, so. 
it's been a few years since they've won that Super Bowl and, and that goodwill starting to wear off. And maybe it's just, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a, of a Harbaugh effect where it's just that stuff's falling on deaf ears at this point. So I don't know. At least his halftime speech worked. Uh, let's move. And I'm talking about Frank. I'm talking about Doug Peterson. Uh, let's move on to week 11. Something we've been doing the last few weeks is is trying to combine the game you're looking forward to most in, in, and must win. I don't necessarily think that you have to do that, but I've been trying to do that. But what's what's the game you're looking forward to most this week and or your must win game? Kind of slim pickings here for this week. Really? Chiefs and Raiders. I thought there I think there's a nice slate. I'll get to it. You go. I'm sorry. It's your time. No, it's all right. It's all right. The Chiefs and Raiders play. Last time they played, I called the Raiders out as a must win and, and they actually went out and got it, but I'm not going there. Um I'm gonna go with the rare double must win. The Ravens and the Titans, both six and three. I think both teams need to win this game. I mean I agree. We we we've been talking about the Ravens here for the past couple of weeks. They're starting to falter a little bit. The Titans looked just not great on Thursday night. We talked about that already. I think they both need a win to get back to get things back on track here. Um especially with the way things have been trending for them the past uh, month or so. That should be a good game. I, um Yeah, that's that's, that, that's that's my rare double must win. I agree. You know, it's it's always nice when you have a game where both teams need it. I think there's several good ones this week that you could look at one of those teams possibly needing a must-win situation or just a nice matchup. Arizona at Seattle uh, right out of the gate on Thursday night. I think that's a good game. You talked about Titans and Ravens. Packers and the Colts are playing this week. I think that's that that's a nice game. Chiefs at Raiders. You know, I don't expect the Raiders to win that again, but, you know, they went into Kansas City and won. Now they're at home on Monday Night Football, and the Raiders seem to have a recipe for success right now where, I mean, they've revitalized Devontae Booker's career. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're running the ball, like, 35 <laughs> times or a game. Did, get, did they revitalize his career, or did he get two garbage touchdowns against his old team? And he played well against us too. He had a cut. He broke a, a couple, right? I mean, he's he's had a, he's yeah. had a couple good weeks. I'm just saying th- that team has has an identity, but ne- none of those are are my game. I'm looking forward to most or my must win game. And it's I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles, the Cleveland Browns, and I think it's a must win for the Cleveland Browns. You and I talked about this, and I'm not going to get too much into the schedule here. Over the next six games, they got a six-game stretch where they, if they hope to make the playoffs, they need to go four and two. So there's lots of teams at six and three in the AFC, like you talked about, Miami and Vegas. Both are above the Browns. Baltimore's now at six and three. Indy's at six and three. Tennessee's at six and three. Now, one of those teams, Indy or Tennessee, is going to end up, you know, winning the division. So they're out of it. But they're basically battling four other teams for three spots. So there's five teams going for three spots right now. And you don't know what's going to happen with the Patriots. You know, they could end up sliding and getting in the mix here a little bit. Who knows? So point is, when when you get this late in the season, you're in the mix. You got to win the games. This is this is a must-win game for the Browns if they're if they're a playoff team. The Eagles coaching situation's a mess. The quarterback's a mess. That team's banged up. The defense can't stop anybody. And and not to mention, like I said 
a few minutes ago, I have been extremely critical of that team, the organization, the quarterback. So I don't want to take <laughs> the abuse. It's a must win for me. <laughs> too because i don't want to hear the backlash <laughs> from all the eagles fans that we know this is a team that you have to beat as a member of the cleveland browns organization as as a as a browns fan this is a this is the team that you have to beat if you want to make the playoffs so i am calling this a must win game and like i said in the bet online in in our betting segment there's going to be weather again there's at least going to be rain They've talked about wins, so this could be a similar game to what we've seen the last two weeks. Lots of punts, field goals, late scores. we got to continue to show that we can win those games. We're 1-1 one one in them right now. These are good tests for this young team that's trying to turn their organization around and learn how to win, so it's a must-win game. Anything on that one? No, I agree with everything you said. The Eagles got to... Still in first place in that division, so but any win that they get between now and the end of the season is going to help. I mean, there's there's just, I mean, could could five ten and one do it? No, I think the Giants, <laughs> you don't think they're five no. ten and one. I think seven's going to do it. Seven, okay. I think even then the they'll be hosting. You know, whichever team does win, that's going to be hosting a, a playoff game. Well, so. it's like uh, what Seattle, the Beastquake. That year they went seven and nine when they and they ended up beating yeah and New they Orleans, actually beat the Saints yeah right so mm. I don't see that happening but I could be wrong all right so let's transition let's transition let's do a few good minutes on college football this is really just my weekly therapy session Michigan tied for their worst loss in a hundred years against Wisconsin they went down forty nine to eleven. You can't pay a coach $7.7 million and continue to have him coach your football team, especially that university had to fire like 25 teachers due to COVID. It's just a bad look. It's a bad look for everybody. Harbaugh took a seven, uh, took a 10% pay cut and all that, but I think he's lost the team. It doesn't even look like they want to win. I think that they want him potentially gone and, and all the names are coming up. I, I read a, an article on Yahoo today. You're seeing it more and more. Even some of the fan sites for Michigan are starting to talk about it a little bit. The names we're hearing. Matt Campbell, that's a name I've been talking about for two years. He's probably number one on my list. I did see some new names today, though. Mario Cristobal. I think there's no chance they pull Mario Cristobal from Oregon. N no chance. Dave Clawson, the head coach at Wake Forest. I saw that name today as well. I there's He's got no ties to Michigan. The Luke Fickle thing keeps coming back up. I, I don't see it. P.J. Fleck, you know, you've, you've documented his buyout at Minnesota. And then the other one I saw today that was really weird, and I don't even know his name, is, is the new coach at Boise State that took over when Chris Peterson left and went to Washington. I don't, I don't, I don't see that as well. So to me, it sounds like it's it's a Matt Campbell situation, or you know somebody that that we don't know yet. But I expect another disappointment this week at Rutgers. They're at Rutgers. They're favored by eight and a half. I don't know who the fuck would favor Michigan over. I wouldn't favor Michigan against 
uh you know M- madison high school at this point which is the 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 high school i went to in ohio I, I wouldn't favor them over them i mean that team's that team it's they have no heart they have no defense and it's all a result of coaching so i would expect the replacement rumors to heat up every week i'm not going to continue to go through the coaching list every single week what i will say i'm gonna put my foot down and say i i i, I want to put personally put the luke fickle thing to bed until i hear something differently i think matt campbell's the the probably probably the leader at this point but we'll, we'll see you you got anything you want to say about michigan i mean Ohio State fans are – let me say this. Hold on. Michigan has lost more regular season games in the last three weeks than Ohio State has lost in the last three calendar years. Yeah, it doesn't feel like um, much of a rivalry anymore. I mean, it's it's always going to be there. But, like, as far as on the field goes, it just hasn't felt that way. You know, don't get me wrong. On that Saturday, I love it. You know, I wake up, I play the fight song, and I, I get pumped up for that game every single year. But the thing is, is like, I truly, truly want Michigan to be good. I want them to win every single game until they play Ohio State in that last game of the year. I want that every single year. I think it's good for the rivalry. I think it's good for football. I just think it's awesome, you know. Those that those one that one two game with Troy Smith and yep. uh, those guys, I, I will never forget that. You know that that it's way better for just all parties involved when both teams are are good. It's better. It's even better for the conference. You know, conference is definitely looking like a down year. It's kind of a it's never a good thing, but it's kind of a good thing that it was a weird year to begin with. Yeah, just to kind of hide the fact that the conference just doesn't look that good. And also, the only thing I'll say is like. You mentioned P.J. Fleck. You really want the only guy that Michigan was able to beat? No, I don't. But all I was necessarily suggesting is I think that's a name that that you're gonna you're gonna hear. So yeah, I just I just wanted to make a joke. No, I trust me. I thought about it when I was reading the article. I, I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying right there. I mean, he's real too. All that said on the Big Ten, pretty big one this week. They do have a big one this week. We'll get to that in a second. The games to watch this weekend, number 10, Wisconsin at number 19, North, Northwestern. Is that the one you were talking about? They play uh, it. That's, that is, uh, that's, <laughs> that's it. The, that's the one. That's the JV game. That's at 3.30 on ABC. I think that's going to be a good game. I, you know, I, I kind of get pumped up. I like Pat Fitzgerald. I think he's a good coach, so I like when Northwestern's good. I think he runs his program the right way. Uh, so I like when they win and they get – you know, big games. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching that one. A big 12 game this week that I'm actually interested in. Number 14, Oklahoma state at number 18, Oklahoma. That's a night game on ABC. If anything, the over under on that 60, I thought about putting that in our betting segment, take the over on that bitch because 60, they may hit 60 at halftime. And then the game of the week, Number nine, Indiana at number three, Ohio State. That's at noon. I believe Ohio State's the best team in the country. It's obviously a three-team race, but I think they're the best team in the country, and I I think it's pretty noticeable at this point. I believe Justin Fields should be the number one pick in next spring's draft. I've talked about that, so, you know, he's he's great. Ohio State's favored by 20-and-a-half, I expect. I expect that to be covered easily. They may even, you know, cover it early you know maybe not by halftime but so i don't know i mean i know you're looking forward to that i know a lot of ohio state fans are i'm not sold on uh 
whether or not he's better than than uh, Lawrence just yet. I think they're I think they're neck and neck. Um, I'm I'm not positive that he's going to be that number one pick, but um, and Bama looks awfully good too. So I'm not I'm not I'm not so sure that Ohio State is is you know the definitive best team in the country. But I think they're right there. I think they're they're really good and they've had some some good injury luck so far. So and uh, even with COVID, I know that. It was more Maryland. It was Maryland's side this past week that that had the outbreak, which which canceled their game. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, they look good. Your favorite radio host on Fox said today that he was guaranteeing that Alabama would win the national championship. So um, he's a, I, he's a big saving guy. He he certainly is a big saving guy. Let's transition. Let's let's get into some golf. The 84th Masters was held this past weekend. I believe five of the six guys that you talked about finished fairly high, maybe even in the top ten. So you were right on. Obviously, you did not go two for two in major winners picking it, but the fact that you were able to get the first one was pretty remarkable. Dustin Johnson won lowest score in tournament history, minus 20. He had a five-shot victory over the field. I watched a little on Sunday, but once the NFL games started, I I turned away and I never went back. We watched quite a bit on Saturday. We were at your house, little birthday party for for the young man, number two years old, Rory Bear turned. So we we had a good time. A little bit of technical difficulties with the outside TV, but once we got that fixed, everything was good. It was an enjoyable day. Talk about, you know, just give a little bit of a recap. I'm, I I know a lot of people probably didn't watch on Sunday, and I'm pretty sure that you were watching on multiple televisions. So, you know, talk about, just talk about DJ, talk about the field. Give us your thoughts. You're, you are our golf expert, the water cooler golf expert. Yeah, I, I didn't really go out on a limb naming those six guys. You know, those are six of the best golfers in the world, but uh, they all finished pretty high as i expected um dj uh is probably unquestionably the, the the best golfer on the planet and it was really really cool to see to see him get choked up uh, on the green after after the win because he takes a lot of heat you know there's certainly stuff that that's warranted he had a couple suspensions for you know some recreational drugs and uh you know he he had this kind of people think he's dumb or people think he, he doesn't care. And like, I, I just don't think that's the case. Um, there's, there's a long, long standing rumor that Adidas brings all their athletes up to their, uh, their headquarters. And they do these, these tests, their American headquarters, and they do these tests on them. And it basically, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, like a sports aptitude for that's geared towards their particular sport. Um, but no, the rumor is that no athlete, had ever scored higher on their test than DJ did in his, you know, so he's, that. he's like a, he's like a golf savant. He, he gets treated as just like this meathead that doesn't care. So to see him have trouble speaking was really, really cool. And, uh, you know, I just, I was so happy for him. He's had so many bad breaks in majors, most notably the U S opens where, you know, he three putts from eight feet to lose to Jordan Spieth out in, uh, out at uh i can't remember the name of the course now out west but um and then he had the the grounding that grounding the club a few thing. years before that god that was where so he gets a penalty dumb. late yeah yeah and um some weird stuff at whistling straights down the, down the stretch there where, where kepka kind of took off but uh yeah it, it was awesome to see him to see him go ahead and, and slam the door 
the only thing I'll say is like that you, you mentioned the, the lowest score ever, the minus 20, and he's the only player ever with four rounds in the 60s. Actually, I'm seeing now he scored a 70 in round two. But, um, but anyway, the minus 20 part is what I, was wanted, what I wanted to talk about is I think that part of it might have a little asterisk. But, but the thing is, like, he still won the thing by five. They all played the same course, and he beat them all by five strokes. I mean, it was, there wasn't any drama on Saturday, Sunday. I did watch. Um, <clears throat> I did have multiple screens going, and I did watch it through the end. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was just really cool to see to see DJ go ahead and get that done. When you talk asterisks, are you just talking more course conditions because it's a different course in the fall than it is in the springtime? Yeah, they had um, a huge storm. There was a weather delay on Thursday, which kind of sent them, sent them behind. They, they didn't get caught up all the way until uh, Saturday evening. So, you know, that, that softens the course up. And I had mentioned this on the preview show last yeah. week that, you know, it's going to play a little bit softer, which means it's going to play a little bit easier to score. You, you don't have to be as... Um, as precise, you know, it slows the greens down a little bit. Uh, you don't have to be as precise with your ball striking and it, it helps out some guys that maybe don't do those things as well. DJ certainly not one of them. You know, he, he's great. He's great ball striker. It's uh, we've heard enough about him practicing his wedges over the past several years, which really made him bump up in that consistency. But now, you know, you're looking at a guy that's got 20, I think 24 career wins, two majors now. And, I'm kind of surprised that it's only two. I know I talked about the tough times he's had at, uh, you know, the U.S. Opens. But even this past this past year, he had the 54-hole lead at the PGA and wasn't able to hold on. So I'm just, just really happy for a good guy and a great, great golfer, certainly a Hall of Famer. And maybe by the time it's all said and done, he's one of the, the five, ten best golfers of all time. He's probably already in that top ten. But, yeah, other storylines, too. I mean, you look at Tiger Wood. Wasn't expecting much. Um, you know, I said it on Thursday. I, I'd be happy as hell if he was able to pull off the back-to-back. Also, how cool is that if you're Dustin Johnson and they have Tiger Woods That's put right. the green jacket on you? Yeah, for sure. But uh, just he has the 10 on 12 on Sunday. He's not really in the tournament anyway at that point. And, and he goes and birdies for the next five. You're like it's, yeah. just, it's just insane what he's able to do at that place. It just, it just channels something in him. And, like, no matter where his game at, he's just able to summon something when he gets there. It's just it's a super special place for him. Uh, let's talk about my pick, Rory. Man, if he just has, you know, if he just shoots even one under on uh, Thursday, Thursday, he still he still loses by five. But you don't know how that's going to play right. in into the tournaments between those rounds. You know, if he just plays just a just a just a nice clean round, and, and instead of of that seventy five, um, he he was able to he actually finished that round on Friday and then turned it around and shoots to 66 later that day. He finishes that he finishes the round one. I think he played five or six holes and then played a full 18 and shoots 66. Like these guys, I don't think it's a flip switch thing, but I do think, I do think it's a mental thing with Rory at that place. You know, I said it's a special place for, for Tiger. He's able to summon something. And for some reason, it's just got a little bit of a hold on Rory. And yeah. um, he drove the ball. Well, he putted fine. He just, his approaches were just were awful. And, I think he's got, well, I know he's got six months now to kind of fine tune that. And I think that he's really going to focus everything. Not, not that all golfers aren't, but I think that he's really going to put an emphasis on making sure that he's got all that stuff tuned in for the spring. And I think that, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be in the, in the top five, top 10 again in, in the spring. And then I think the big storyline was, uh, 
was the big golfer Bryson. Um, he, he, I mean, he mentioned some stuff where he was dizzy and was battling some of that stuff during his round, which, you know, he, he's a kind of, I don't know. He, he, he's a weird cat anyway, Yeah. but, um, you know, it, it certainly, it worked out well for him in the first two majors. And I, I think that, you know, what he's been able to do is still nothing short of amazing. I mean, it's, it's already validated the way that he's changed his game because he did win the, he did win the U S open, but, um, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people were really, really happy to see him struggle this week. I think it's because the way he dresses. <laughs> yeah, you got that hat. You know, I, I've seen you wear the hat. It's not only the hat. <laughs> I think but, it's but yeah, it was uh, all in all, it was it was great to get the tournament. Um, it looked it certainly looked different. It felt different with no fans. You know, I, I think I mentioned on Saturday, it's weird to look at. You know, they're on certain tee boxes, and I was having trouble. Like, wait, is that one tee? Or, you know, you, you can't really tell because there's no fans. Usually, you know, you, you look up there and you see what, what it looks like, and you can see all the fans and how they're lined up, and you can tell exactly where they're at on the course. But it was uh, certainly weird, but it was great to see. It was fun, and, uh, you know, I'm excited to do it again in April. Yeah, I mean, that's the best thing about it, right? The fact that there's back-to-back Masters is uh, for – you know, uh, major championships in golf is exciting. Certainly, hopefully we never see that happen again. DJ, to me, he's a guy that I've really liked since he came on the tour. To your point, now that he's kind of learning how to win majors, his temperament lends to him being able to really go on a run. You know, let us he's not going to win like, four out of five or anything, but he may win like eight out of 20, you know, like he's, he's a guy that very easily could win, you know, a major a year for the next six or seven years. And his temperament never lets him get too high, too low. He doesn't show emotions. So you, to your, I, I agree with you totally. It was really nice to see him, you know, show some emotion, get choked up. I like him. You know, he's been through a lot. His name got drugged through the mud. You alluded to that a little bit on the tournament. It wasn't only the the recreational drugs. It was some other things with players' wives and stuff like that. You know, there was there was a lot of rumors and innuendos going on about him for a while. So it's nice to see him kind of battle back, mature a lot. You know, he's been on the tour now for 12, 13 years maybe. So it's just, he's, he's in a place, you know, he's got a nice fiance, you know, Paulina's always there for those that don't know he's, his fiance is Wayne Gretzky's daughter. So he's got a nice family foundation, both probably in his, in his regular family and then his extended family. So just a guy that his brother's his caddy. Yeah. And his brother's his caddy, just, just a guy you root for. So I'm really happy for him. You mentioned it too, you know, he doesn't get too high, too low. And, um, he never, he never does stupid things that put him in trouble. You know, like where you'll, you'll, I don't know. You'll just, I don't have anything specific offhand, but you'll see Rory do some stuff. That's like, well, why are you trying that? When, when DJ gets himself into trouble, he takes his medicine and he gets out and he just stays even keel and just goes right down, right down the course and, and then gets it done and it moves on to the next hole. You know, I'd mentioned it on Thursday, he or I'm sorry, Friday, he started to, he started to pull away a little bit, and I was texting with a friend, and I said, 
he's got this this thing where he'll just get these mindless bogeys, but then he'll he'll snap back into it and he'll be fine. Well, and he did it on Sunday, right? He bogeyed the first hole. Right. So he he did it. He did it Friday, and then he didn't do it again until Sunday, where it was just like, oh no, is it, is it kind of creeping in? I I never really felt like that. I felt like he had it under control, and and certainly from that point on, he did. Someone I saw someone allude to it. They said, um. A wobbly start for DJ is only one under through the three holes, through the first three holes. Yeah, and I think you made a really good point. If Rory shoots even on Thursday, maybe he's in DJ's group on Sunday. And then it's a lot different when you have that group with him on Thursday or on Sunday was what Cam Smith and Sung J M. I mean. Those guys aren't striking fear in anybody's heart, you know what I mean? But, you know, having Rory McIlroy there potentially does. And then, obviously, you know, the Tiger effect. When Tiger's in your group on Sunday, you know what I mean? So, I, I agree with you. And, 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 and I would love to see a showdown with DJ, Rory. Brooks Kepka, Johnny Rom, you know, like I would love to see a Sunday, like a Saturday Sunday at a, at a major where all those guys are just one shot after another, just, you know, throwing darts at the green, hitting putts, roars all over the place. So I, I have a, we're, we're in a really good place with golf. And uh, I think over the next 10 years, probably there's going to be a lot of amazing, a lot of amazing weekends. Definitely. And we, and we certainly didn't get a duel, um, but I'm not taking anything from Cam Smith and Sung JM either. You know, they, they both shot 69, you know, 69 in the final group on a Sunday at the masters is, is big time stuff. I'm not downplaying Cam Especially from Smith. a couple of young guys. I like the way I Cam. Not, I, I like not. I like the way Cam dresses. He's a penguin guy, so he had he had the, he had the big penguin on his on his shirt, which was pretty dope on Sunday. Got to do something about that mustache, though. He had sort of the Australian version of the of the Ricky Fowler mustache. <laughs> That Maine is epic, though. Yes. <laughs> He's right up there with my boy Tommy Fleetwood. Anyways, let's, that's good. So, uh, 85th, Congrats to DJ. Congrats to DJ. 85th Masters coming up in April, hopefully. Let's transition. It's time to talk NBA. It's like, you never, it's like we, we've only missed you for a couple weeks. All of a sudden, back with the NBA draft. The NBA draft is this Wednesday, November 18th on ESPN. Also, today, the trade opportunity to trade players has opened back up. Free agency starts next week or in a, in maybe. Is it next week? Or is it even this week? I, I think, think it's on, later I, this week. I think on Friday they can start to negotiate. Yeah, I think, but, I think it's okay yeah i think it's thursday or friday so over the next over the next two weeks yeah there's gonna be a lot happening with with the nba let's talk the draft first okay top five is minnesota golden state charlotte's at three chicago and then the Cavs are at five so some usual suspects in there some not so usual suspects right one thing that's interesting well, there's a lot of things that's interesting about the draft this year, but I think one thing that's particularly interesting is that there isn't a sure thing. There's not a guy – everybody always goes, well, there is no LeBron James. Well, there, there's there's only one time been a LeBron James in the draft, right? But there's there's not a guy at, sitting at the top that is an undoubtable number one guy. There's three big names that you hear. you got Anthony Edwards, who's the guard from Georgia – 
You got James Wiseman, who's center, power four, big man from Memphis. And then you have LaMelo Ball, younger brother of Lonzo Ball. He's And he's an international player. He actually played at the Spire Academy in Geneva, Ohio, which is about five minutes from where I actually grew up. But then he went and played. So he went and played. Yeah, it is so random. He went and played in Australia, so he has some professional experience. I'm interested to see what happens at number one. We had a little bit of a conversation about this at your house on Saturday. My opinion's even changed since then because it sounds like everything that I'm hearing, and I didn't believe it early on, but I'm starting to. I thought Lonzo, or excuse me, Lamelo was going to go number one, but it sounds like. Anthony Edwards potentially is the guy that Minnesota likes. Now, if somebody trades out, there there could be some trades. I'm always interested. I'm always interested to see what happens at number one. I'm always interested to see teams trade up and and kind of who they trade up for. I definitely have my eye on number one. I have my eye on number two. Both uh, Minnesota and Golden State have both expressed interest in getting out of that spot. I'm interested to see what the Cavs do at five. And you alluded to me that the Cavs are potentially looking at moving either back into the top 10 or at least back in the lottery, correct? So, and I have my guy on. I've seen it floated around a little bit. Yeah. I have my eye on one guy in particular. I'll talk about him a little bit more in a second. I love this guy. I'll talk about him in a second. But what do you think happens at number one? What what's your gut telling you right now? Um, I still think it's Lamelo. Um, like the one thing you keep hearing over and over and over again is that he's just like an extremely special passer, and that uh, obviously there's some other stuff, some some baggage that comes along with it. You know, everyone knows about his dad and and uh, kind of you know kind of the way he ended up at Spire Academy and how he ended up in uh, New Zealand or, or Australia, wherever it was. And he had actually gone to Lithuania when he was a yeah. junior in high school. He left high school and went. So, you know, some of that stuff, I don't know if it raises flags, you know, whatever. But you have those kind of things with him. But the, the one thing that keeps coming back is that he, the, his passing ability is like the number one skill set in this draft. And it's a draft that you mentioned where there's, there is no – Sure thing. No, no. And you know, the last time that we had a draft like this, that felt like this, you know, who went number one overall was Anthony Bennett. So, you know, I, I, I my guess is still LaMelo, but I, you, anything could happen here. You know, he, I was, he was good enough to get in a deal for Kevin Love, right? <laughs> I, I just wouldn't be surprised really at anything. I, I think, I mean, I definitely think it's one of the, those three names you mentioned. Um, Wiseman, I don't think Wiseman's Edwards gonna... and. I don't think Wiseman's going to go one unless somebody specifically trades up for him. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if that'll happen. You got one or two guys that you really like in the top half of this draft. Yeah, I like the I like the center from fresh or uh, I'm sorry, the center from USC. USC. Really more power forward in the NBA, so it's mm-hmm. positionless. But uh, Onekia Okwangu didn't have great numbers, but bouncy, freaky athlete. Kind of unfair to, to put this on him, but reminds reminds you of uh, a little bit of Bam, Bam. at a bio at Miami. So, uh, but but yeah, that's definitely um, a guy that I like. A, a guy that I like in the uh, the top half of the draft. Another guy. This draft is just kind of crazy. It is the fluctuations of where you heard players coming and going. 
a guy that I did like, but I don't know if you saw this, completely changed his shooting form was Devin Vassell from Florida State. Yep. Um, he was actually a pretty good shooter at Florida State, but uh, completely changed it to almost like a Vinny Del Negro over-the-head type deal. Uh, for our younger it. fans out there, Vinny Del Negro played for the Spurs in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. It was a I haven't heard ago. that name in a while. <laughs> it's a it's a really weird, weird shot. But um, but yeah, I mean those those just a couple guys, and and you hear a lot about uh, Patrick Williams, Vassell's teammate at Florida State's getting a lot yeah. of a lot of stuff, and I've heard he, you know he could go as high as as four. So like I, I don't know. This is going to be a wild. It's going to be a wild one. I think we're going to see a lot of trades, and on draft night, I think we're going to see him on draft night, and I think that. Uh, it's not just going to be picks going back and forth. I think you're going to see some player movement. Now, go ahead. I want to hear you wax poetic on your guy. Hold on. I want to talk about one other guy, too. Killian Hayes is a guy I really like. He's a point guard out of France. Uh, he's 6'5", 192. He's a guy that I really, really like. He's more of a top 10-ish guy. He he probably will go in the top ten, but my guy that I love and I've been throwing his name to you, and every time I do it, you don't even respond to me. <laughs> There's very few things in this world that I can't get a response on you about, but Sadiq Bay, the forward from Villanova, I can't get you to respond. He he's gonna go in the top. 15 probably in the top 12 or 13 i've been seeing a lot of rumors of him going 11 to san antonio he's a perfect san antonio guy he's a three and d guy he's six seven two sixteen he's versatile he's a good offensive rebounder he makes winning plays he's a guy that's sort of always around the ball in crunch time He's a contributor in the NBA from day one. He shot 45% from three at Villanova. I've seen him compared to Chris Middleton. I've seen him compared to Karis LeVert. I've seen him compared to Jalen Brown. I don't think he's... he's I, I, it's not I don't think. He is definitely not as athletic as Karis LeVert or Jalen Brown. But I think Chris Middleton is a really good comp. Chris Middleton's like 6'6", though. So he's he's a little bit taller than Chris Middleton, but Chris Middleton's a little bit thicker than him. 6'7", 216. He's going to have to bulk up, and he's going to have to make sure that he works on that jumper and, and you know gets to translate to the NBA. But Sadiq Bey is a name that I want everybody to remember he is a guy that I watched a couple times at Villanova last year. I really, really, really like him. And if the Cavaliers trade back up into the lottery and that guy's on the board, that'll be a dream come true. So we need guys that are versatile. You got KPJ. I mean, we're, we're sort of trying to build this position. Excuse me. The Cavaliers are trying to build this positionless basketball team, and I think he would work very well in addition to your boy from USC, who I was, an, I was on Obi Toppin for a while only because I thought that's the, the direction that they were going to go. But I've seen a lot of mocks with Toppin sliding. Eight, nine, ten. So, I just think teams are are souring on him because he's kind of a, a tweener. I don't think he really he's not he's not a three. He's not a four. He's kind of in between. So, what's going to happen is he's not going to be able to. He's not athletic enough to be a three. 
He's not big enough to be a four, so I think he's going to struggle a little bit, and I think teams are starting to realize that. So Killian Hayes and yeah. Sadiq Bay, um, those are my guys. Right, I like, I like Hayes. You know, no pushback there. I think he might even be the best, might end up being the best pure point guard in uh, in the draft. But what about you? Really, boy? really planting your hard, you're planting your flag hard on that Jay Crowder lookalike hill here with Sadiq Bay. Oh come on, he's not a Jay Crowder lookalike. He's a Chris Middleton guy. Come on, you don't need any. You don't need don't, Chris Middleton's know. on your team. I don't. I don't know that he's Chris Middleton, man. Just you, just watch. <laughs> He's going to be a guy that goes high on Wednesday. So let's let's talk about trades, rumors, free agency. Obviously, Chris Paul got traded to the Suns today. That happened today. Dennis Schroeder, they're finalizing a deal. Oklahoma City is to trade Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers. OKC is <laughs> going to have 17 first-round picks between 2020 and 2026, which... <laughs> They got two this year. I think they said they got two or three of those drafts. They have four. You know, so OKC's really tearing it down and trying to rebuild it. But what other rumors are you hearing? You could be you'd be our little Woj, our little water cooler Woj right here. And tell 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 everybody what else you're hearing and let's let's react to that a little bit. Well, you hear a lot about the two stars down there in Houston unhappy. And it sounds like Westbrook just kind of wants to be the guy. Like, I don't even know if he cares about winning anymore. He already was. He just wants to be the guy. He wants to have everything catered to him. Yeah. And it's, you know, he's not going to do that with with James Harden there. So, look, I'm never going to say an NBA contract is untradeable because we just know that it's not. You know, we just mentioned Chris Paul just got traded again. He's going to make $41 in three years here. So, 40 he'll be he'll be 39 years old making 41 million dollars so those contracts are just tradable they're movable he's been traded twice since he signed that contract so but harden harden's one that that's big you know he might be unhappy because he really liked maury because maury was the one that gave him the keys to the kingdom to let him be able to play the way that he plays and you know was like hey shoot more and you know, I, I think that Dan Tony was a perfect coach for him. So I, I don't know, but uh, you know, he he's got he's been tied to Brooklyn, which uh, look, I don't know how that would work out. I mean, certainly that sounds that sounds awesome um, with KD and Kyrie. And, I know and how Harden. it would work. That's three really good basketball players. I know how it would work. Kyrie <laughs> Kyrie would be but, on his um, fourth team in four, you know, in four years. <laughs> But, but I, I just – that's not a team that I'm, like, dying to watch on, on League Pass, you know. Like, I'm not trying to watch them just come down and dribble the ball a bunch dribble. And, and shoot. But Just you know, dribbling. He, he actually, he's got ties to uh, – Philly. He's been tied to Miami, which might be – yeah, Philly's one of them too for sure with, 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 uh, with Daryl Morey up there now. But, um, you know, Miami, he might I, – I, I just don't think – I don't think they want to give up what it would take to get him just because it kind of got your team. And then you're it's just Jimmy Butler and, and James Harden, which is good. That's not, it's not bad, but um, I think they got something good going with the young guys there now. Also James Harden probably just moves directly into a strip club. If he plays for Miami and you know, he just, he is from, a big, he is a big strip American club, Airlines yeah. arena to the strip clubs. Yeah. I do like him for that. 
I also heard Bill Simmons mention this. Wait, wait, wait. Bill yeah. Simmons mentioned L.A. The Clippers? The Clippers. For Harden? For Paul George. I would yeah. do it. I mean, I would do it if I was Clippers. He mentioned, he had said that Kawhi was a little unhappy with uh, with Doc, and we saw what happened there. A little yeah. unhappy with Paul George. With Paul George hitting hitting the side of the backboard in Game 7. <laughs> hey. I know Kawhi is Kawhi, but I mean he had 15 points in that game too. So. Yeah, he didn't but, play yeah, well. Let's go. All right, so I have a few. I have a few thoughts. Let's uh, let, let me start at the beginning. Russell Westbrook, you're right about the contract. Unfortunately, or not uh, not unfortunately, fortunately, there is one owner that that's going to be willing to take that contract on, and it just happens to be the owner of a basketball team and the owner of a brand that represents Russell Westbrook. The team that he's been tied to most directly is the Hornets, and I could absolutely see Charlotte making a move for him, taking on that contract, trying to you know put people in seats. I think that that's probably definitely going to happen. The Harden to Miami thing, the problem, the problem that Miami's going to have is that any team that they call about trying to get a superstar, they're going to hear one name. On that, you're you're gonna hear the same name that teams are gonna want. What name do you think that is? Bam. No, they're gonna say Harrow. Everybody's gonna want Harrow in a deal. Our hero, excuse me. Everybody's gonna want Harrow in a deal. I think Bam's untradeable at this point, right? Because he's a cornerstone guy. But I think that Miami, if they want to go and trade for a superstar, that teams are gonna want them to trade Hero and. I'm not trading Tyler. That kid's fucking nails, man. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. He's 20 years old, man. He's done it on the biggest stage already. I get it. All right, so Shooters, maybe. we'll move off. Of, we'll move off of my Tyler, my Tyler Hero love affair, and we'll talk about Brooklyn. The situation with Brooklyn, if Brooklyn's gonna want him and it sounds like actually Steve Nash is gonna hire D'Antoni to be an assistant coach on that team so mm -hmm. you know I think it lines up Nash is gonna they're gonna want to play the Suns style of seven seconds or less so it fits into a lot of what they want to do I just Kyrie wants to handle the ball Harden wants to handle the ball I see that Durant doesn't want to. I mean, he just wants to shoot and score and be efficient and get to the free throw line and all that. So, I think it could work. I don't. I don't necessarily think it will. Maybe Philadelphia. Philadelphia probably has the most assets to actually go and get Harden. But it sounds to me, with all that being said, it sounds to me like Houston's definitely not going to have Westbrook and Harden on their roster come December 22nd when the season starts. Yeah, and if they trade Harden, um, I, I, do they build around Westbrook, or do they just kind of go ahead and say, fuck it, we're just tearing yeah, all down? I think they trade them both. Any other rumors that you're hearing? Any any Anthony Davis stuff? I know Rich Paul's been talking a lot about the Knicks possibly as a, as a landing spot for him. You buy into any of that, or you think that's just Rich Paul trying to <laughs> – Trying uh, to run. Not the only have up. I not seen, not I only have it, I not seen. I heard that, it today, but I heard. I heard. Um, no, 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 no. He'll be back with the Lakers. Uh, there was never a chance he was picking up that option. It's just no. not 
how clutch operates. Um, you know, we saw another clutch client decline an option today who might be on his way out of uh, Lakerland. Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope. It sounds like he is. Um, is rumored to have suitors um, at the open of free agency. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, you know, he'll, he'll be back. And uh, one other, one other trade was, uh, was that I, that I saw mentioned was uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, the Celtics were pretty hot on that trail and um, uh, Denver. So Denver and Boston were the two teams that were mentioned there. For who? Uh, Denver's interesting. Wait, you for know, who? With Jamal Murray and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Okay. That would be interesting. I could see, uh, you know, with Jamal Murray and Drew Holiday, that could be fun. Um, Boston, I think they'd have, to, they'd have to send Kemba just to make the money work, you know, Marcus Smart's always mentioned in these types of things, but I don't think that, you know, you, you would have to add some obviously to make the money work, but um, so that's another player that's, that's, that's possibly on the move. Also, I'm not sure if, if, it, if it's going to happen or not, but okay. C could make Kelly Oubre available, which uh, we talked about earlier today when the trade went through that, that could be uh you know, that could be a, you know, I, I think that's a good option for a team like the Cavs who, who's rebuilding. It gives them, I like you know, Kelly. Oubre. Yeah. That gives them a reliable scorer some uh you know some toughness a little bit of toughness maybe if maybe it might be fake toughness but um you know i like it it's the nba yeah no, for sure. it's all fake yeah um anything are you hearing anything on uh bradley beal no um i and with that extension that he signed i don't i don't know if that was just kind of like just give me some time i I think he's going to have to really force his way out for that to be a thing. And uh, like I don't Vince know that, that, like that he's Carter that type style. of guy. Yeah. And I'm just not sure that that's his thing. But, you know, we'll see. He's obviously the big prize, and that's not going that, – that headline's not going away until he does get traded. So so one last thing, Rosillo, love Rosillo, tweeted out today. I don't know if you saw this one. Smart decision for Otto Porter to pick up his $28.4 million player option. I doubt that was out there for him in free agency. A lot of guys <laughs> like Otto Porter, like uh, what's the, the French dude's name that plays uh, Batum? Batum picked up like a $27 million option. So Rosillo is so big on uh, on that, you know, the, the, the year that the cap spiked. and Yeah, uh, all the bad, allowed, bad contracts. Allowed Golden State to get KD, but... Not only that, it was it was, you know it was that one, and then there was about a million bad contracts signed. But there was many. Okay, so more NBA to come next week. Obviously, we'll we'll touch on the draft itself, and I have a feeling over the next couple of weeks we're going to see a lot of movement. This is this is crazy season in the NBA. This is when all kinds of crazy shit happens. I mean, at this time last year, Kawhi Leonard still played for. Toronto, Paul George still played in Oklahoma City, and and you know in the matter of minutes that whole thing changed one night. So we could see some of that. I, I gotta believe that if if you see James Harden go to Brooklyn, then the Knicks, or excuse me, then the Lakers have to make some kind of a move possibly. So a lot of these moves when they're made, they have you know ramifications for other teams their the ripples are felt so be on the lookout don't forget at wc sports pod facebook twitter instagram also 
We are available on all your favorite streaming platforms. Like, follow, subscribe, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. You can also find us on the Believe Podcast Network, number one podcast network for professionals. And as always, we are presented by betonline.ag. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Somebody suck me. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.